it is common. Like if you see your spouse doing this thing, like, okay, you said you're interested in mushrooms. You're, oh, here you are joining a mushroom church. Oh my God, what's happening with you right now? Okay, now you're going on a mushroom retreat with these mushroom church people and I'm whatever. I love you. I'm going to see how this pans out. And then you see it pan out and they might come home. Usually this happens. The person comes home or they've had a mushroom experience in the living room while you're asleep or something and you wake up and they're like, wow, I love you so much. I'm like, I'm even more committed to our family now. I'm, you know, like these deep rooted values that you share are reinforced oftentimes. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, like the light bulb turns on. It just feels like you feel your partner Mm -hmm. getting, like being happier Mm -hmm. and that improves your happiness. And Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden it's like, okay, maybe there's something here and you just kind of wait and see like maybe it's temporary i don't know and then oftentimes it's not like oftentimes it's a lasting change and that's when people start getting interested the amazing thing about the mushrooms is that they speak they talk to you they will answer questions carry on conversations. Psilocybin just pulls up a chair on the porch and puts its feet up. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Psilocybin Says. I'm Eric Osborne. I'm Courtney Rose. And it's Christmas time. Hey, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, winter solstice, and psychedelic Amanita Muscaria shaman Santa Claus time. If you didn't know... Santa Claus myth is based in Amanita Muscaria shamanism. Go look it up. We'll probably do a little little PSA for y'all as well as we mm-hmm. get closer to the holidays. But today we are talking about eating mushrooms, of Imagine course. <laughs> Even when your spouse uh, doesn't really understand that you're eating mushrooms doesn't really want to understand maybe uh, things are crazy maybe you don't even feel like you can tell your spouse that you are eating mushrooms in an intentional way yeah this is something that Cordy and I have experienced not as a couple but in our other relationships and in the communities that we worked with there are lots of people out there who are coming to psychedelics for spiritual uh, and mental health benefit and their spouse just doesn't get it or is in direct opposition to it. And that can be a real challenge. So we're going to talk a little bit today and what the implications of that are and maybe some ways to handle it. Yeah, uh, this was a pretty dynamic conversation. I mean, we even talk about when our friends don't understand it and, you know, kind of facing that reality Uh, and not just with mushrooms, but with anything that we're passionate about in life. Like what happens when the people closest to us just don't get it and they don't like it and they're not about it. How do we navigate that? So, yeah, just like, you know, my snakes, I really, I know I've said this to you over, uh, over and over, but in this conversation, I reflected back on previous relationships where, you know, they were not supportive of my love for reptiles. And it's just like so much nicer when you're in a partnership with someone who really encourages you to embrace your passions, to do the things that feel good and the things that you enjoy. Um, 
So yeah, that's what this conversation is all about. I hope it's helpful, and I hope you will go and leave a five-star rating on iTunes, please. (laughs) Yes, come on. What are we going to do to incentivize you? To show us. I guess we got to do a Some better job. I don't review. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that is kind of how well, reviews man. go. All right. No, Awkward. You know, we, get a, we have quite a few reviews on Spotify, so maybe it's a platform thing. Um, but it is super helpful, you all. We really want to bring these conversations. And you who have been listening know that we talk about some pretty different and difficult topics yeah we really do we're expanding our horizons all the time talking about stuff that uh, almost nobody's really talking about. well especially in the psychedelic community you know the Uh psychedelic world is kind of like you know patting each other on the back about how good these things are for us and everybody's telling their stories but we're really trying to uh, share with you how psychedelics have had such a real impact on so many aspects of our lives in fact every aspect of our life. And that's why every aspect of life is on the table for us. And we hope that you enjoy it and we hope you will share it so more people can get more comfortable opening their perspectives, broadening their horizons, and just getting comfortable talking about what it means to be a human engaging with life. Mm -hmm. That's right. So... Another way to engage with our podcast is on YouTube. We now video every episode. If you didn't know, if you're listening to this and you had no idea, you could be looking at this hot and sexy situation (laughs) on YouTube. Well, surprise, you can. You can go to our YouTube channel, Psilocybin Says, and watch us interact. I am a very... Uh, physical <laughs> speaker. So it's also easier to interact on YouTube because you can leave comments and have conversation there. We really enjoy that. Uh, it's probably the most direct and simplest way to communicate with us. Yeah. About if, these topics. If you're wondering what our Christmas tree looks like, well, there's only one way to find out, and well, that's going to YouTube or coming to our house, which you're probably not going to be doing, hopefully, unless you're well, invited. Um, <laughs> Yeah, maybe if, you know, we have met people through the podcast, through the listen to the podcast, and we've, you know, grown closer with them. And so that's a, you know, possibility. So, but you're going to have to leave a five star review (laughs) to get to that level. (laughs) Just kidding. We're invited to enjoy the show and, like we said, share it and rate it and just share the love. Uh, Hope you have a wonderful holiday season and thank you so much for listening. Yeah, thank you. So we walked outside today and saw that our car was missing. Yeah, you know... Merry Christmas. (laughs) You know when you wake up and you're just thinking, you know, generally what your day is going to look like and you just commit to having a great day and and then you look outside and your car is gone and uh, all of a sudden... All of that comes into question. (laughs) Well, you know, everything can change on a dime. And that has been a really valuable ongoing lesson that I continue to learn from psilocybin. Can't tell you how many times in trip sitting when 
you know, everybody has come come down, so you think, and then you look over and someone is in a puddle of their own tears or um, had, remember one guy just kind of, so like not passed out, but just like kind of like zoned it out and threw up in his lap, just like, you know, well after what most people were completely out of the experience. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And, you know, there's all kinds of other instances where, you know, you think things are going a certain way and everything just gets completely side railed by some unforeseen event. Yeah, I feel like that's actually one of the unexpected benefits, like something that you never hear researchers and scientists, God love them, talking about, or therapists, um, is like the real, like the real nitty gritty, dirty, like messy things that Mm -hmm. actually are the things that we go through in the mushroom experience that are the path to us benefiting and coming out with such a different perspective. Things like that, which don't really incentivize you to eat mushrooms when you (laughs) You hear people talking about those experiences that just suck. And it's like ironic because that is usually the first question people ask when they haven't eaten mushrooms before is how do I avoid a bad trip? Mm. And it's kind of, it's kind of hard. Sorry. It's kind of hard not to laugh when somebody asks that. Cause it's like, I know like, of course you don't want, nobody wants to have a bad experience in with anything. You're always trying to figure out like that's our human nature mm. is figure out how do I have a good experience with yeah. whatever I'm about to do? <clears throat> However, it's kind of funny because the challenging experiences are really kind of what you want if you're going into, I mean, not always, not always. I, you know, fun experiences can be really helpful too, mm-hmm. but um, the ones that really challenge our perspective um, and show us that things are not what they seem mm-hmm. oftentimes mm-hmm. those can be really beneficial. So when you looked outside and you were like, Oh my God, where's the Mazda? And I was like, what? Where's the car that I just put $60 worth of gas in yesterday? Oh, mm. wait, no, this can't be right. Mm. It's always right there in the driveway. And now it's not what? And the car seats too, and all this stuff. Yeah, so what does this matter? How is this relevant to any particular topic? Well, Courtney and I today are talking about a subject that was actually recommended from one of our listeners. Uh, thank you, Connor, who's also our editor. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. He gets first pick. Yeah, on, yeah, he gets first topics. pick. We've got a, we actually have a list of uh, suggested topics from Sanctuary members, and Connor being one of those is also uh, our editor. Yeah, he gets he gets top, he gets you know first dibs, and he also had some really good topics. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is something that has been it's been relevant to my life uh, for a very long time, 
I'm curious about some of your past experiences around this subject, Courtney, which is should you or what to do or what's it like? Is it a deal breaker dating someone, being married to someone who does not consume psychedelics as a psychedelic user yourself? Does that make sense? Did I yeah, I think I think you summed that up. <laughs> <laughs> about right it's pretty simple a little discombobulated today a little thrown off can we talk some more about our car being stolen because <laughs> i'm We've just kidding about that a lot already today though it's kind of excuse me we talk about dealing with sickness for two weeks a lot of people out there struggling with the flu right now we know so that many people wow yeah um there's so many struggles in life there's so many challenges and that's why this topic is relevant because as courtney was saying very often the psychedelic experience is not what you uh quote want it to be it's a lot of challenge uh and that very experience itself is what makes us helps us build character, build strength, and be able to get through the difficult uh, challenges that come up in everyday life. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I do, like this topic is such a good one. Uh, it We could talk about it for a long time, really, like specifically and in depth, I think. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking back to Jamaica, for instance, at the retreat center there, and how many people came on retreat and said, mm -hmm. I lied. Mm -hmm. to my spouse yeah. they don't they think i'm at a yoga retreat like yeah, I, sure. I couldn't tell them where i was actually going or it would have caused such a huge problem mm -hmm. in our household or my spouse thinks i'm crazy for doing this or yeah or yeah like they they know i'm here but they're they just do not get it like they're supporting me just enough for me to get here and do this but like i don't know how to talk with them about this. They're not really interested in talking about this. So it's something a lot of people are experiencing. Yeah. Um, and like for me, when I think back to before we met mm -hmm. uh, or when we met, I was dating somebody who was a Hasidic Jew and, uh, <laughs> I don't know how. I just leave yeah, I'm not even gonna go into that. There's a lot uh, there. But he was not okay with my interest in psychedelics, specifically mushrooms. Was, was he a cannabis user? No. Okay. And cannabis, he was like, I don't. You need to stop doing that. Like he directly had arguments about it, mm. and I presented, uh, like I made it a mission for him to understand a little bit better why this is a, like a healthy thing to do. Mm -hmm. This is a beneficial thing mm -hmm. and here's why. And it was just, it, it helped illustrate to me um, one of many things, uh, reasons why we were not a good <laughs> fit for each other. Um, he was like just unwilling to be open to the information that I was presenting. Mm -hmm. And really that in itself mm -hmm. was the, <clears throat> the thing that I ended up saying, like, this is just, <laughs> this is not going to work. Mm -hmm. I am somebody who I want to go through my life open-minded mm -hmm. and being willing to be wrong mm -hmm. and change my perspective mm -hmm. if some better information comes along. So it wasn't necessarily that he wasn't, 
interested in eating mushrooms, um, but it was that he wasn't interested in in, in being curious about my interest mm. uh, or, yeah, just even hearing about why other people engage with psychedelics. Well, and what you touched on there, the the lack of, excuse me, the lack of willingness to look in the mirror, to explore yourself, to find your blind spots, to acknowledge where um, you've got it wrong, or just to be curious about how things could be different, you know? I think that's that's the real underlying problem that creates the ultimate discord in these relationships. And so, you know, we already have like a few different scenarios here. We can we can imagine a scenario where someone's partner is completely averse to their consumption of psychedelics, like it's a hell no, I don't like you doing this. Someone who is just kind of like, meh, whatever, do your thing and I'll do mine kind of thing. And then instances like us where they're all for, you know, uh, the whole, the whole thing. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, it's like, it's a, it's a spectrum and everybody has to be able to decide what is right for them. You know, Courtney and I are not here to give anyone necessary relationship advice, <laughs> but to talk about this as it, uh, you know, relates to our relationship and what we've experienced in other relationships and what we've experienced in working with people who have, um, either been really supported by their spouse or who have not been really supported by their spouse. So anyway, like let's talk about our relationship first uh, and how different it has been being in a relationship where this is an active part of our dynamic. Yeah, let's talk about that. I mean, I feel like for you, I'm... I'm really curious to hear about your perspective first here because you've been through two marriages and had two children before us meeting in those marriages. And I mean, that dynamic, like mm -hmm. I've ima tried to imagine mm -hmm. <laughs> quite a few times what that must have been like with such differing perspectives mm -hmm. um, with those spouses. So, like okay. for you, what's that? Yeah, what's that transition been like? Try to set it up through that. Yeah. Uh, so I was in a ten-year marriage uh, and then a three-year marriage, uh, and in both of those relationships, my partner was uh, just kind of like, "Eh, you do your psychedelics. That's not my thing." And I, the first marriage, I didn't really know how big of a factor it was, but it was. It was it was really big, actually. Looking back, because this is this is such a huge part of my life, um, and it's a huge part of my life because I want to grow. I mean, you all who regularly listen to this show know that I, I'm like pretty regularly putting myself out there, trying to explore my weaknesses, my shadow, my failings in a public way, and I do that intentionally because I want every opportunity that I can to become just a more complete, healthier person. Um, and so it takes facing your shadow head on. And that was not happening in that relationship whatsoever. Um, alcohol was a big part of that relationship and it um, 
it clouded everybody's judgment and kind of created, as alcohol does, that kind of uh, facade of everything's okay until you get drunk and then your, you know, frustrations start to come out, you know. Um, so eventually I left that marriage uh, because it just was, it was just detrimental to my my soul. Uh, the second one, <clears throat> you know, on the on the surface level, she was very hippie. I mean, she like called herself a hippie chick and smoked a lot of pot. Um, and on the surface, she was she was um, favorable towards psychedelics. I mean, that's actually why I started selling black market mushrooms because she was like encouraging me to do that um, to to her <laughs> her family who were a bunch of big pot dealers. Um, <clears throat> but the irony was that she took mushrooms maybe three times when we were together. And every time it was, uh, boy, this is tough. I think I'm dying or I think I'm, I get paranoid or whatever. And so she was just like, nope, that's not for me. You do mushrooms. That's not for me. And at, at first it was like kind of not a big deal. Cause she's like, you know, okay, you're doing your mushroom thing, whatever. But as a couple years went on, the rift grew wider and wider because I was directly facing my shadow and intentionally trying to work on, you know, being a, a healthier human. And she just wasn't. I mean, she did some stuff. Like, she was kind of into, like... uh the law of attraction and all that kind of stuff. And she smoked a lot of pot, but it was really as a distraction as I was using it to at the time. It was not, uh, it was not really intentional or for, for growth. And um, it just continued to wedge us apart. The fact that I wanted to really look at the, look at my shadow, look at myself and, and make those improvements. And I didn't, I didn't know then like, Cause she was, she would go through these bouts of just like, you know, fuck you and your mushrooms, and she and ended up leaving because I said I was going to start the retreats in Jamaica. That was like the final straw for her. I said I was going to start the retreats, and she's like, I'm out of here. You're an embarrassment, whatever. Um, and so, you know, for a long time there was this kind of underlying, um, or this growing distance until it became so blatant because psilocybin continued to become such an important part of my life uh, to the point where I, like I said, started these retreats. And uh, yeah, it just, it just kind of, it just showed me how important self-growth is to me. And that if I'm going to be with a partner, then they have to be someone who, um, you know, can be brutally honest and can hear brutal honesty. And just like, you know, when, when you and I first started dating, I was like, I'm going to lay everything on the table right now because I'm not going to live this life of trying to like, you know, um, walk on eggshells or pretend to be something that I'm not kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, it's, it, it's, it's had a massive impact, <clears throat> excuse me, on me and my, my ability to grow because like here's the thing is if you are really trying to grow and be a better person then your partner is going to be the most immediate mirror that you have they're going to be the most immediate feedback that you get 
And so it is really, really crucial to have someone, if you're going to grow together and live in a relationship that hopefully lasts for decades or a lifetime, you know, then it seems really important that that other person be on the same page when it comes to something so crucial as authentic self-growth. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as you were talking about your second marriage and when you said that the final straw was you declaring you were going to start the retreats in Jamaica and work towards that and Mm -hmm. that was like an embarrassment Mm -hmm. to her. Like when I hear that as your spouse, the one that when you told me that, Mm -hmm. I had the complete opposite reaction. (laughs) Like wow, this guy is like on fire. Like he is so passionate and I, this is so like cutting edge. Like he's, he's got something huge here and I want to be, I want to be on that, on that train. Mm. And so hearing you say that it brought up for me, it's like hearing, remembering friends talking about whatever passion they have and, the difference, like when you hear a friend talking about, um, I don't know, like for instance, selling real estate or whatever, <laughs> if if that's your new passion. <laughs> We're and, talking to you, Kristen and Courtney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shout out, ladies. Um, whatever it is, but like just using real estate as an example, if you're like, I <laughs> want to do this so bad, like there's something inside of me that is just on fire about this. Mm-hmm. I feel like I could be so good at this and I would love it. And you start doing it and your love for it grows. And the difference between a partner that is like bringing you down or alternatively encouraging you Mm -hmm. is just massive Massive. in terms of how likely you are to succeed. Like I'm remembering right now, somebody shared recently, maybe it was you or somebody else shared a Brene Brown uh, clip of her giving a talk. And she was talking about finding people, choosing people in our lives that light our candle instead of Mm -hmm. blow it out. And I really love that analogy. Yeah. I mean, and, and like when I was going through a coaching certification, they would always reference this study uh, where you have, um, you have a group of people uh, on one hand that are cheering you on. Like it's just a simple task. Like you're trying to get from one side of the room to the other with some weights on you or something like that. And they studied a group of people cheering you on versus a group of people telling you like, you're going to fail, like, you know, but just basically bringing you down mm-hmm. and like how drastic the results are what about, in the difference. Did they do a group, of pe- a group of people that were like, nah, I don't give a shit what you do. <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. All I know is that. I think, that's, I think that is actually more insidious and it's more commonplace in relationships, especially around this kind of thing. I mean, I've, I've worked with so many people who are like, yeah, my spouse just, they don't get it. They're not against it. They're not for it. They're just like, whatever. And, you know, it, I, I am often reminded of that um, attributed to Jesus quote, something like, it's better to be hot or cold than lukewarm. 
right? And I would actually rather have someone that was like, no, fuck you and your mushrooms or hell yeah and your mushrooms because then I know what I, I know where I want to go. It does make it easier to move forward, make yeah. a decision. Yeah, that's also like when I was in a motivational interviewing course, that was that indecisiveness mm-hmm. was like the biggest factor in unhappiness for people mm-hmm. that indecisiveness, the inability to choose a direction really, hmm. was like more depressing than like even just deciding like not to do something right. or just whatever, just not knowing. Yes, yeah, so I sense. can see that. Makes sense. So yeah. you feel like I cheer you on? Uh, what do you think? <laughs> I feel like I, I usually do. I, I am thinking of things. I pump the brakes on things and then warm up over time, which is good. I get, I can get so passionate that I just like forget that there's anything in front of me and can leave a a mess at times behind. Uh, Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I mean, like I, I get it in a big way. Like depending on your cultural surroundings and the information you've been exposed to at this point in your life. Um, Like if you're somebody who's your whole life has been, you've been in the war on drugs and that propaganda and like, that's just what you've been exposed to and you haven't seen any examples of, Mm -hmm. of successful people engaging with psychedelics. I can certainly see why if your spouse is up all of a sudden, like, I want to eat mushrooms. Like other people are doing it. I want to do it. Mm. I can see why you might be concerned or say like that's too much research. There's too too much information out there now. We've got too many examples. You know, there's so much, so much data that we have around the benefit. I can't personally. And if someone is going to have that mentality, then they're just closed off and they're not willing to take in new information and that fucking sucks. And you may find you'd be in a really crappy situation. Right. I, yeah, I'm not like fully on board with that perspective. I, it's fine. I mean, if they're like just 65 like, and over, maybe I'll make an exception, but I guess, yeah. I mean, with, with psychedelics at this point, well, that's kind of what I was thinking of. If you're like 65 and over, like pumping the brakes on your spouse going and, eating mushrooms if you think if if you've been fed this constant mm-hmm. information it's going to fry yeah, your brain this is bad for you like people jump out windows oh, yeah. can like we, can we bring up Neil deGrasse Tyson real quick on Joe Rogan yeah like, that was disappointing that was so disappointing I have had reservations about him and Jacob said this morning how he's such an opinionated uh, scientist that he's so opinion driven which I was like yeah that really does make a lot of sense especially in the context of the Joe Rogan conversation where he said he never took mushrooms because his brain chemistry was too important well, to him right there's f- that and then also simultaneously he's saying well this is why so many people are eating psychedelics right now because of the mind expanding like ability to yeah. see things in a different light and a different yeah. perspective but i'm never gonna do yeah. that how no so <laughs> I, 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 so don't, ridiculous. I, I, I don't respect that i don't have respect for that perspective like yeah. i can i can be respectful towards him 
But like, I have no respect to that perspective of a scientist. Yeah. Just say you have reservations. I'm afraid. I'm afraid what I'm going to see. That's why. Not because I think it's going to fry my brain, (laughs) even though I just said all this research is coming out about how beneficial psychedelics are. But, but no, that's going to fry my brain. Like, how are you different? Everybody is. Are you? How can this be real? I was a little disappointed in Joe Rogan, like yeah, for yeah, not didn't push him on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> well, I don't know. <laughs> everybody can't be as wonderful as interviewers and podcasters it's as true. Us, I mean, know. we definitely would have pushed Neil deGrasse Tyson in our living room. <laughs> I think so. I think so. I think I'd have been like, "Are you fucking crazy, dude? Like, you're a scientist." But there anyway. was somebody who came to our in-person Sunday service. Uh, a f- couple weeks back and if you remember in the discussion period he said this person said oh, yeah. we all know that this mushrooms are poisonous her, yeah. and that's why like that's why they give you the hallucinogenic and effects was, like in his mid-30s or lower 30s yeah yeah uh, also said that mushrooms deplete your brain of serotonin which is completely false it's a serotonin analog uh, it fits into the serotonin receptors uh so, okay, maybe I need to walk back my <laughs> statement again, but I don't yeah. know. I mean, I can see, I mean, Joe Rogan did on the episode, he he kind of like came around the side and he was really, he was gently like encouraging. Mm-hmm. He was saying, dude, mm-hmm. you need to eat mushrooms. Like mm-hmm. you, you clearly need to eat mushrooms. Like I'll get you mushrooms. Like I'll right. do it with you. Like, which I appreciate that perspective for somebody that's that resistant then it may not be actually helpful to like help them see another light if you're saying like no dude you're wrong i mean i don't know like it's like when you're talking about a scientist that deals with empirical data all day long like there should just be you know no further discussion there's hundreds of clinical research trials that show safety and efficacy so you know, it's one thing if it's a grandpa. It's another thing if it is a world-renowned scientist, public educator. Um, and it's another thing if you're, in my perspective anyway, like if you're, you know, in your 40s or 50s or below, I don't know. I mean, yes, it's so true that we have such a hard time shifting our perspectives and assimilating new information as we get older, which is another reason why it's really valuable to consume psychedelics so that we can do that. I mean, I think that I, as close-minded as I can be sometimes, I hate to imagine what I would be like if I had not taken mushrooms. I mean, I can imagine what the scenario would be like if my dad's car got stolen, you know, just using that as an instance and someone who used alcohol to um, numb themselves and who had this like underlying aggression and anger because he did not ever really go through his own, you know, shadow self. And he's mad. He's like, there's this, when you, when you don't face your fears, when you don't have the courage to explore your inner world, I think it's pretty common to end up depressed and disgruntled because there's this whole side of yourself that's not being acknowledged. And so when I imagine him in a scenario like this, based on what I saw with much less uh, stressful situations, uh, I think that he would have behaved very differently. And, and I think that 
having done as much psychedelics as I have is what allowed me to kind of like within about three minutes be like, well, I guess that's what today's looking like, you know. Maybe not three, probably 30, Seven. 30 to 45. <laughs> oh, man. Time flies when you're having fun. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I could throw some oh, quotes, some quotes like, out there. I, I walked around. I was like, what the fuck? What? I was like, what the fuck? You were like, car- I'm sure to quote, basically. <laughs> he said, I'm sure there's some kind of reason this is happening. But right now, I don't fucking see it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, I mean, that is significant. Fuck. <laughs> over and over. Yeah. It's... Actually, it's interesting how when something like that happens, like this weird, like adrenaline thing kicks in and like time when something like that happens that you're just not expecting that, you know, is going to have a big impact on your day and weeks and potentially months Mm. (laughs) ahead, how the body kicks in some kind of like adrenaline response and things just get kind of like fuzzy and foggy and for me anyway like Mm. it kind of reminded me in a way of being arrested how or not well more specifically when that that night that the the woman yeah went ran away um during a mushroom session how everything just like like Mm became kind of like crystal clear in a way Mm -hmm. like some things become crystal clear as far as what's important in life and then other things like you just can't function in other ways Mm -hmm. like all of a sudden like we were about to pack our son's lunch and like all of a sudden that's just i can't do that right now (laughs) i'm I'm physically just Mm -hmm. kind of shut down right um and how really the mushroom experience, navigating that experience has definitely helped me um, in times of like crisis or mm-hmm. emergency that that knee jerk reaction that we get oftentimes uh, to emotional events, how we can actually we can actively soften that with mushrooms like practice. It takes practice. It doesn't it's not just going in one time. Mm-hmm. It's not just a one-hit wonder, these mm-hmm. mushrooms or psychedelics. But they do allow us that experience of emotional impact to like practice tuning our nervous system. For sure. And breathing through. It's tricky because within the experience, it feels very real. Mm-hmm. Like death is imminent and all that. But with practice, we can. So back to my question about how our individual psychedelic practice has impacted our relationship. What what do you see there? I mean, you were in relationships that didn't have that and now you are like, what are, yeah. What's, what's the benefit of being partnered with someone who in your eyes? Well, alternatively, I also have the perspective of being the person who is open-minded, but not at all on board with psychedelics. I dated a guy off and on 
from like middle school through early college years Mm -hmm. who was very interested in psychedelics and expanding uh, his perception. But wasn't he yeah. also interested in like video games all day and snorting ketamine? Is it the same guy? Yeah, not ketamine, MDMA, but... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same guy, but I still... And I guess that was tied in like you're kind of... You're working as a pizza delivery guy and you're depressed a lot and you're wanting to do psychedelics so I tied it all together like Mm -hmm. if you want to do psychedelics it's probably because you're escaping reality Mm -hmm. like you are in all these other ways Um, but he would reference uh, some research I mean back then there wasn't really a lot but Mm -hmm. he would say you know this is really beneficial and like this really helps me (laughs) not not snorting MDMA he didn't have anything for that but um, when it came to like LSD like he asked me to sit with him while he took LSD one night and I remember thinking well and he I mean he presented he it was like a a legit mini presentation. Like, I really think this is important for me. I want to go through this experience and I want to do it intentionally. And I want my friend, my good friend to be a part of it. And I know you're not interested in this, but I want you to be there. And I've heard and read that having a loved one with you is really helpful and can be, can be life-changing. And so the way that he presented it to me, I thought was very thoughtful mm-hmm. and I, it, I, it felt like, yeah, an intentional thing um, because he talked with me about it like that. But I still had like 0% interest in participating. Mm. Um, and I just thought, well, we'll see what happens. You say you're not going to die. So <laughs> I guess I trust you. <laughs> uh, I want to be there if I need to call 911. So. so what, what, like, how do I ask this? Did his psychedelic use um, help him explore his, you know, shortcomings more or did it become a, how did it impact that relationship? He, the following morning we talked about it and he said that he was surprised. Like he admitted that he was surprised how comfortable he felt with me there. He was worried that my lack of interest in actually participating would be distracting Mm. and that it would be like negative potentially. Mm -hmm. Um, But he said he was actually really surprised how good he felt and glad he felt that I was there. Um, And it seemed to have a positive, positive impact on our relationship, but you know, there's all this other stuff that was not being addressed Mm. um, and faced which Head that's on, all things, so. like that's really again what it keeps coming back to is are you in a relationship where you can honestly address the things that need to be addressed you know and with like for us when we've taken mushrooms together there have been times when it, like there were things that came up in the trip that needed to be addressed and we 
address them either in the trip or afterwards. And that was such a crucial part of our growth as a couple. Talking about me peeing all over your house? (laughs) I was thinking more about (laughs) uh, you calling out uh, your subconscious knowing that I had cheated on you. Um, Did I do that in a mushroom trip? You were like, something's up. You're hiding something. You're hiding something. I was just like, no, no, not me. And the next day I was like, all right, you're right. I was hiding something. I feel like I've done that so many times outside of the mushroom trips that it's all kind of blending together. To me? Yeah. Not that you've actually been hiding things, but like... Yeah, I mean, well, it's just like there were definitely times when we were, you know, early in exploring the poly stuff where I was afraid to tell you about someone that I was talking to or whatever. Yeah. And there was a lot of that. Um, but yeah, it's it's really... It's been very helpful, A, to have someone who's willing to say something's up and we need to talk about it, uh, and who can likewise hear what needs to be discussed and share without it becoming uh, incitatory or, you know, finger pointing and all that kind of stuff, which Mm -hmm. I think is another aspect that comes out of ongoing psychedelic practices. You just, you can learn to be more, you know, patient and allowing of things to unfold before reacting that's kind of been your part of your personality since i've known you uh but i think it has also it's also deepened since you've been working with mushrooms oh yeah are you looking for a community that allows you to authentically express and explore what it means to be human? One that honors the divinity within you and all life? Then Sanctuary may be just the community you have been looking for. Sanctuary is a faith-based organization centered around the sacrament of sacred mushrooms for spiritual exploration and personal development. You are invited to become a member and commune with us. Join us for a Sunday Zoom service or a weekend sacred mushroom retreat in the beautiful Kentucky countryside. Visit P-S-A-N-C-T-U-A-R-Y dot org to become a member and find more information. Very much so. I feel like mushrooms have, and not that mushrooms or psychedelics are the only way to deepen our understanding of existence and get a different perspective on things. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely not the only way, but it definitely is a big way and for me it's been the probably the biggest the biggest way that and honestly like our explorations in non-monogamy uh have personally expanded my perception a lot uh right pretty close with mushrooms um but mushrooms have for me helped me feel okay and good and like right with being myself and in a way that is a bird's eye view that has been so deeply ingrained in my my being at this point that I can relatively quick, quickly revisit that perception mm-hmm. Uh, that I've gained in the mushroom space of seeing myself as like one connected and more than that here for a specific purpose that is playing out in a specific way that I need 
I need and other people need. Um, so with relationships, um, in our relationship, I mean, that's been something that I, I can't imagine not having that experience. If you were the only one going into that space mm-hmm. and gaining those insights and coming back and telling me about it, I cannot fathom. Mm-hmm. I cannot even begin to fathom. There's no way we'd be together today if wow. I wouldn't also have been going into that space. I wouldn't be able to handle it. Um, I think it would eat me eat me up. Well, and it just um, creates such a different worldview. You know, you just have such a different perspective on life and existence. And what you said there about connectivity is actually something I, I didn't think about, but is a big part of this. You know, if if one person is deepening their connection to nature, deepening their understanding of consciousness, deepening their connection with themselves and, and their fellow humans, and the other is not or not at the same pace, then it's going to create a rift, mm-hmm. period. And yes, there are multiple ways to explore consciousness and facilitate a deeper connection, but I don't, you'd be hard pressed to find anything that's going to do it as rapidly and as drastically as psychedelics. And so that's what I think. I imagine, <clears throat> you know, everybody is moving forward on this kind of imaginary timeline of their being. And when you take psychedelics mindfully and properly integrate the experience and apply the experience, then it's going to advance you rapidly. Uh, in in many ways, particularly in that sense of greater connectivity. And if your partner is not moving at the same pace with you, then like it's very easy to visualize how that's going to play out. So I guess you know, like, wow. It, I know for me, it's it is. I know that it's a deal breaker. Like I am. Uh, if you left me, I would not be in partnership with someone who did not actually consume psychedelics himself. And I don't, I don't even want like them. They're okay with it. Like that's non-negotiable for me. And I, I cannot imagine a situation where I would put, be in a relationship with someone who just was like, you know, I appreciate this is your thing, but that's your thing. And I'm not going to do that thing. Just not going to happen. But I'm curious with you or you now thinking about our listeners and I don't want to, I'm not trying to be like completely black and white because everybody is not, you know, psilocybin is like, it is the like primary focus of my professional, personal self. You know, I've got, I've got lots of other interests, but it's this per, is your, your, pretty deep in. Yeah. Pretty deep. <laughs> so a little bit of an outlier, you know. A little bit. Start the world's first psychedelic retreat center. You start, you know, one of the first psilocybin churches in the world. You're in deep waters there. Yeah. Um, and so different. But I'm kind of curious, like, how our listeners who maybe are in a very different scenario, they're just starting to explore psilocybin or it's been their practice for a while and it's it's kind of an adjunct. It's not this all-encompassing right. thing. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean... Several things come to my mind. One thing comes to my mind, like listening to the podcast you recorded with Leah Mm -hmm. Gerstorf, uh, recently, the last one that came out, hearing her say that 
when she first started on this psychedelic journey of wellness, she had friends who like she could tell they were just really not getting it and Mm -hmm. didn't understand and didn't really want to. And even though they didn't say that out loud, she felt it, Mm -hmm. but that are now those same people coming back to her and saying, Hey, I'm kind of actually interested in this now. Mm -hmm. And could you kind of guide me, help me figure out like, you know, next steps. Mm -hmm. And so like understanding that there are plenty of things in our lives that we, we have not understood like about each other and kind of dismissed Mm -hmm. uh, and said like, that's just not for me. And then later on, for one reason or another, been exposed to information or examples that have piqued our interest. And so just, yeah, like kind of having some grace with ourselves and other people that sometimes we just aren't in the place to be open to information. And that doesn't mean that we won't ever be. Mm -hmm. And I know for people that have come on retreat um, and people with sanctuary right now, like they are in relationships, long-term relationships where they're for some people they're in alignment with a lot of stuff with their partner. They're on the same page about a lot of stuff. But then when it comes to this new mushroom thing, they're not. Mm -hmm. And um, so if it's a new thing for somebody like I can totally see how, of course, I'm not going to be like, you don't, <laughs> you're, you're not, you don't get it. You don't get it that I want to eat mushrooms. I, I, I'm just telling you this and you don't, you don't, you're not interested. You don't get it. You don't understand. You don't want to know. So I'm leaving. <laughs> like, of course, you're not going to do that. Like that doesn't make, you you've invested already. all this time and. What or you're or you're already on the way out, you know, and it's like the last straw or something, or you're just looking for an excuse. But yeah, yeah, because yeah. I mean, I'm thinking um, for lots of people, we discover things at different paces in relationships. Like even when it comes to like working out or eating better, things that are kind of basic, but you know, you yourself have admitted so many times you need to come to a conclusion on your own. If somebody else starts doing it, you immediately resist it. Like, I don't want to do what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, I want to, I want to discover something Mm. myself before I become interested in it. Mm. So, uh, I think that, that feels like probably a pretty natural thing for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, and, it is common. Like if you see your spouse doing this thing, like, okay, you said you're interested in mushrooms, but you haven't actually engaged yet. You're, oh, here you are joining a mushroom church. Oh my God, what's happening with you right now? This is freaking me out. Here you go. Okay, now you're going on a mushroom retreat with these mushroom church people and I'm whatever. I love you. I'm going to see how this pans out. And then you see it pan out and they might come home Usually this happens. The person comes home or they've had a mushroom experience in the living room while you're asleep or something and you wake up and they're like, wow, 
I love you so much. I'm like, I'm even more committed to our family now. I'm, you know, like these deep rooted values that you share are reinforced oftentimes. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, like the light bulb turns on. It just feels like you feel your partner Mm -hmm. getting like being happier Mm -hmm. and that improves your happiness. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, maybe there's something here and you just kind of wait and see like maybe it's temporary i don't know and then oftentimes it's not like oftentimes it's a lasting change and Mm -hmm. that's when people start getting interested in whether it's mushrooms or working out or eating better or uh, eating only meat (laughs) shout out brett (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah it's not black and white (laughs) No, it's not. For most yeah, No, 100%. People. 100%. Um, you brought up friends, and that is something I've actually seen in your life pretty drastically. Uh, friends who mm, just kind of naturally drifted apart as you started becoming more psychedelic. And mm-hmm. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that, kind of what that's felt like first to start there. What, what, how, how has that felt? overall painful um gosh i feel like yeah it's deep in there because it's hard like the holidays are hard when you have people that you spend a lot of time with in your life and you have a lot of memories with i'm surprisingly getting emotional (laughs) i was really in there i didn't realize i was holding this but Yeah, it's been hard. Like when I first started practice with mushrooms and my life was just being transformed for the better. I was feeling myself and loving myself for the first time in a long time. Mm -hmm. And I shared that with some of my best friends and they just seemed really confused and like questioning and overall um very skeptical and concerned there's that feeling of concern you feel from people when they when they have their own beliefs about something um and even though they're not saying it you feel that they're like a little worried about you you're seeming really happy but I'm just waiting for it to drop, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, which like I understood when, when that I was coming out with my psychedelic, um, beginnings, Mm -hmm. uh, and my best friends at the time had seen me go through an eating disorder and they'd seen me kind of like, be a little drastic at times. So like I, one of these I got it. A therapist as well, though. I think it's worth highlighting. Yeah. Know, not to call him by out specifically, but just to say, like, you know, it it's it can be well educated, well intending people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the stories, like I I'm one of those people, like in retrospect, I if I could do it differently as far as my coming out process. I wouldn't spill the beans on all the weird shit that I experienced (laughs) because that definitely did not help. (laughs) 
uh, me sharing about talking with aliens uh, to these people who had no such reference mm. for such experiences. So that didn't help. Um, but I, I just felt really confident that they would come around and that they would see for themselves. They'd see me mm-hmm. grow and they'd see me be happy and healthier. And that is not really what happened. Uh, we just grew apart. And um, yeah, it's, it is really hard. Like I am clearly I'm still holding on to, to them. I feel like I'm still hopeful like you're gonna come around like you're gonna see like i know you still love me like i still love you and i want to be friends and i want to you know like celebrate life together like we used to um but you know also trusting the process um and just knowing that yeah if i would have if we would have stayed really close um, you know, I may not have, I don't know, done all the things that I've done in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I may not have moved to Jamaica and I don't know. I mean, you know, things would just be different and, yeah. and that's okay. And, uh, letting go of trying to change somebody I've had, I've done that in a pretty big way. Like I used to really be trying to convince them. Like, you know, I'd go through phases of um, sending them articles and just kind of forcing it on them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And nobody wants that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nobody wants to be on the receiving end of that if you're not ready for that. And so... Yeah, I mean, I think it's also valid to say that if you, you know, you want your friends, your loved ones to understand you, you want to be understood, and, you know, if we should be willing to receive information from people that we care about and just, you know, look at it objectively and try to understand, if, we re- if you really care about someone, then you're going to show up. You know, and that's the thing that I, that, what you just said, like, if you really care about me, you will show up for Mm -hmm. me Mm -hmm. and you will, you will face what you're afraid of Mm -hmm. and ask questions and be curious. Um, Because this is clearly important to me. This is my life. However, I've come to see in a pretty big way that it truly it truly is not about me yes it's painful it's it's painful that uh because i would think if it was me on the flip side um like my friendships that i've had for such a long time like those are so important to me i will absolutely uh be willing to ask questions that i'm uncomfortable asking um but you know i don't know if it was a specific thing maybe i wouldn't be and like these people that i used to be best friends with and spend tons of time with like they are even in the face of 
culturally like this becoming more acceptable and pursued mm. by many, many more people. Um, there's, they're, they're afraid. They are holding on to so much trauma mm. in their lives that they are really unwilling mm -hmm. to face at this time. And it, they may live the rest of their lives being that way. And I, as painful as it is, am not going to try and spend my energy convincing them to face that trauma. And yes, even right. like, you know, even a therapist. <laughs> well, so do you desire to spend or are you willing to invest your energy in maintaining a intimate friendship or relationship with someone who is not willing to try to work through their trauma. And I know that's, you know, yeah, it's not I, black and white. I, I can't. Okay. I can't. I mean, that's why we're not friends. Mm -hmm. That's so, why we're not, not that we're, we've like cut each other off or anything right. dramatic like right. that, but it's just over time, you know, like invitations have been declined many times to get together. Mm -hmm. And why is that? Because I do face most things head on mm -hmm. and I do bring up things that many people are af very afraid mm -hmm. to talk about. Mm -hmm. And um, that is who I am. Mm -hmm. And no, I, I don't invest my energy into relationships where that's not mutual. Mm -hmm. And that's why these relationships are basically we're acquaintances now mm -hmm. uh, and you know, we're social media friends and we like each other's stuff sometimes and that's about it. Mm -hmm. And that is the way that I, I would prefer it. You know, mm -hmm. I, when I say I want to be like, I want to be friends with somebody. I want to, I want to like be right. like relating right. <laughs> in a deep way with the people I put my energy into. So um, and I think it's also worth pointing out that just because you take psychedelics doesn't mean that you are inherently willing to face deep, difficult stuff. You know, absolutely, plenty of people out there that are on a microdosing kick, or you know, have a couple of mushroom trips, and they're like, "Yeah, I saw it, and I'm such a, such a believer now." But you know, I'll probably not do that for another five years or so, if ever. And um, so, uh, you know, we can't use that as necessarily an indicator. If they have an ongoing intentional practice with psychedelics, I think that seems to speak more to a willingness to explore, you know, and the same thing goes with facilitators. We say this over and over, but man, do not, do not trust your psychedelic experience to someone who does not take mushrooms themselves or take psychedelics themselves. It's really crucial to consider. It's hard to know whether someone's telling you the truth or not, but you can tell. You can ask people about their experiences. You want to hear details of their experiences. You want to see and hear them talking about their own vulnerabilities and, and crap that they've gone through. Uh, so anyway, that's kind of a side note, but it is really important. Yeah, so, I mean, if someone were to ask you, like, um, and reflecting on all the times people have asked you, I'm sure. Um, I 
have this practice, say, with mushrooms, say this is what somebody's coming to you and saying, I have this practice with mushrooms and it's increasingly important to me in my life and it's like I can't imagine not having this practice and at the same time my spouse is just does not get it and it doesn't seem like there's any indication mm-hmm. <laughs> that they will be getting it anytime soon or interested in talking with me about it. Um, like what would you say to that well, I tend to say that everyone has to decide for themselves when something is or isn't working, you know, because um, I don't ever want to try to push anyone in a certain direction. But, you know, I have I have frequently said to individuals, you know, that if if this is an important part of your journey and it's going to be an ongoing ongoing part of your life journey, and not theirs, then it's it is going to cause a separation. And how you deal with that is ultimately up to you individually. Um, but I have seen it on faces of situate people in situations like this, this kind of enduring sadness, you know, and desire to share something so important. It's like having a kid, like psychedelics have been clinically shown to be as important as having a child or losing a parent, right? So if you can't share that with your spouse, that is a significant rift. And I think it really begs us to to really consider more deeply overall the relationships that we choose, you know? Um, I know that my first two marriages, they were founded in a desire to try and save someone else. That's ultimately why they didn't didn't work. And that's what was in large part behind those individuals not taking psychedelics is because they didn't want to save themselves. You know, they wanted someone else to, to be there to do the work for them. And so, you know, <clears throat> looking at the friends that we choose, this is something that has been... Uh, a deep consideration for me in the past couple years and even the last, you know, several months as I continue to refine um, my own sense of self-worth and my own, the value of my time. It's just like you're talking about your friends that aren't willing to, to dive into those deep waters of self-reflection on whatever topic. It's like, it's all really important. I'm just not going to invest my time. I got a limited amount of, amount of time time here on this planet, and I really want to invest it in people who are investing in themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lighting that candle instead mm-hmm. of blowing. And it so, out. like you, you and I, them. that's why I was like, from the go, I was like, all right, look, I'm not going to fuck around here. If I'm going to even explore the possibility of being in a relationship with this person, then I'm going to put some of the most difficult stuff on the table right now and see how it's handled. And your willingness to talk about all of it was like lit a bonfire in me. And we still continue to have that, you know? And mm-hmm. that's why I think about this a lot. You know, you and I have been together for it'll be 10 years in April. And um, we have gone through so much and we have continued to stay at the same, I feel like at a very similar pace of self-growth. 
And like that may be the single most important issue in terms of our relationship longevity. If we're going to continue to engage in exploration at a similar pace. As it's just like any, you just can imagine if you got a, a line of 10 friends and you're all going in one direction and somebody's like dragging along because they don't want to like deal with the hiking through the weeds or whatever it is, you know, a metaphor you can think of, then you're just, you're just not going to be together. So what is also equally challenging to consider, you know, we had a, we had a individual come on a retreat not long ago whose uh, wife was kind of like, mm, okay, you know, do your thing. It's, I appreciate you doing this. And he came on the retreat and his whole thing was like, she's not keeping pace with me. I'm trying to grow and she's not, mm-hmm. you know. And he went back to the situation. He saw the, you could see it. He was like, I got to do something about this thing. And then he didn't. And then he just fell out of the community mm-hmm. and is probably still in that state of malaise. And I think that's really what we all, as first and foremost, as individuals, we have to ask ourselves, what is our life worth? Right. And then we line up with people who have the similar sense of value. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like, that's what I was getting to reflecting on my own experiences with the mushroom and like being able to, after revisiting, going back so many times, really seeing how valuable I am Mm -hmm. to the world. Like Mm -hmm. I'm necessary. Mm -hmm. I'm needed. Mm -hmm. I'm here for a very important reason. And if we don't see that within ourselves, then why would we care to surround ourselves with people that do see it within ourselves? Um, So that's like, you know, for, for you all listening, like wherever you're at, I mean, let this be a reminder to you how truly important you are to the world. And sometimes it is hard to feel that, um, just depending on life circumstances, but you're here and you're not here for any old coincidence is my belief. Uh, my solid belief you're here for a very specific purpose. And my wish for you is that the people closest to you see that and they know, they know in their hearts and they tell you and they show you how important to the world that you are. Every single person is every single person. And so that really is my greatest wish for you listening and everyone listening that like listening to this podcast, hopefully helps you feel that more within yourself. Like life is like hard enough (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, when we do have really supportive people around us. Mm -hmm. So if you don't right now, if you really feel like you don't, I, um, yeah, I just invite you to just like take a moment and just feel yourself and just feel 
your existence and um, how important it is and valuable Mm -hmm. it is Mm -hmm. because it is. You're here. You're needed. Yeah. And you're not here to save anybody else. We're here to save ourselves. And if someone else is not, yeah, nurturing that and helping light that flame, then, yeah, maybe it is time to strongly reconsider where you're investing your time. Yeah, and sometimes, like, reflecting on some people that we've worked with, uh, coaching and in the mushroom space, um, people that did have a really hard time, like, knowing how unhappy they were in their marriage Mm -hmm. and had a really, really hard time getting out of the marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, Essentially boiling down to self-worth and taking a while to really feel how incredibly valuable they are. And with the help of other people seeing how valuable they are and then going back into their home Mm -hmm. and feeling how about like devalued devalued they were mm-hmm. by their spouse yeah like it took that revisiting that um a lot but like when we do make the decision that we are worth we are so worthy of of value and of abundance and of a good life and when we make that decision to like leave whatever scenario is not showing us that not seeing that in ourselves. Oftentimes, like not always, certainly, um, but like oftentimes the people that we're walking away from, like they are then, that's a great opportunity for them to feel their value. Hopefully. And hopefully, not always. Like, again, we're not... Mm. We can't like make those decisions hoping that someone will change because that definitely, yeah, doesn't always happen, but it could be an amazing gift. Like if you're somebody that's struggling with like what's going to happen to that person, like you can't know, but maybe it will be a great gift. Yeah. Uh, well, what's going to happen to you if you don't? And that was me in my, yeah. my first 10 year marriage that, you know, I tried for a very long time to to make it work or whatever, to help that person see their value. And yeah, they, they didn't. And they, that continued to devalue me. And it took me, it took me every bit of 10 years. And I knew very early on that it was, that was the direction it was going. I knew in my heart of hearts, but I wasn't willing to really acknowledge that my biggest fear was what's going to happen to this person when I leave. And I have seen their life, you know, degrade but I've seen my life improve and that is, that's what matters to me ultimately because it's my life that I've got to focus on. Yeah. And obviously when children are involved, little children, it's so much harder. Mm -hmm. I mean, just seeing you go through that, I haven't Mm -hmm. personally been through that thankfully, but it's, um, yeah, challenging. It is. And this is really, you know, it's not a discouraging message. It's an encouraging message. Hopefully you all are hearing that through this to really value yourselves, see your own worth and know that your time, your existence, your joy, people sharing and being joyful to be in your presence, that's the indicator 
And yeah. whether it's, you know, again, I keep coming back to this uh, quote from the Jesus guy uh, saying, well, you know, that's not. All right, anyway, I won't go off that on that saying. tangent. Yeah, whatever. Go ahead and go off tangent. Merry Christmas. Happy birthday, kiddo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, um, shit, what was I saying? Damn. Uh, that's what the Jesus guy says. Uh, oh, is that uh, that if you are not willing to leave your family and friends to enter into the kingdom of heaven, then you're not worth the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven is not a physical place that we go to. It is a state of being that we enter. And we have to be willing to walk away from those who would not have us enter the kingdom of heaven because they themselves can't find the door. And it's a process. Nobody, very few people just like, boom, you're there. Mm -hmm. And there's certainly been times that you have continued to be a support for me as I go through dark periods. You know, and so it's no, by no means is this saying that we should just abandon someone who isn't on board with us or who's mm -hmm. struggling for a little while. But you've got to look at the long-term picture. You've got to imagine the possibility that you're going to be alive for 70 years. And if you're, you know, even 40 years old, and in a relationship that is like not on fire, like you fucking deserve that. And mm -hmm. it took me realizing that for myself to in invite it into my life. And I'm still hoping and working to uh, embody that in other ways. You know, mm -hmm. like this car being gone is just opening the door for my Maserati or whatever it is. Anyway, uh, uh, I think yeah, it's a it's a process, and I think like like a great place to start and something that I come back to uh, often and then it fades away, but then I come back to it is revisiting for myself. Like how do I want to feel in my life? Mm -hmm. Like just, just put aside, putting aside the limits that we put on ourselves on a daily basis. Um, for whatever reason, just putting that aside and just taking like five minutes to just with the assumption that anything is possible. And like, if someone, if a genie were to come up and grant me like the life of my dreams, like just have a little fantasy five minutes, like what would that look like? And just remembering that feeling mm -hmm. of of my ideal life and like what it, what it looks like is, is one thing, but I do, I really f feel like what it feels like mm -hmm. is the most important yeah. thing. And just yeah. touching base with that feeling, coming back to that. If like you're in a situation which just feels bad in all kinds of ways and it feels completely overwhelming to even consider not being in that situation because of obligations and responsibilities and kids and who knows what mm -hmm. like sometimes just taking like the smallest baby steps which could look like just having a fantasy five minutes with yourself can be a really great place to start yeah. and like you don't have to have all the answers right now or tomorrow or next week like you won't but right. just making that a practice yeah, to, to feel able, good to be able to identify what it feels like to feel good and then am i feeling that in this scenario like i'm thinking about now if i was to well when i went to the ayahuasca 
right? Like I was really excited to come back and tell you about my experience and you were really excited to hear about my experience. I am not settling for less. No, period. Not settling for less. And I encourage everyone else out there to do the same because life is too short. And there yeah. is there is certainly someone out there that would be excited to hear about your psychedelic adventures. Probably lots of people. Probably lots of people. <laughs> yeah. So At least, you're uh, worth it. Yeah. All right. Love well, thank you. you all so much for listening to this episode and uh, hope you got some benefit out of it. And maybe it's confused you more and you're <laughs> going to leave your relationship. Uh, I've had that happen. I've definitely had people say, you know, Eric, uh, that time with you uh, helped me to decide to leave my marriage, and I'm so much better off because I did. <laughs> Maybe you're on the phone with your husband right now. You're like, I'm done. I listen to this podcast Eric episode. And said, <laughs> <laughs> we are not responsible for we your counseling or divorce fees. For your marriage, that's right. Your divorce fees. <laughs> I'm, no. I'm already paying child support enough. I, I can't take on somebody else's alimony. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, just to be clear. Yeah. All right. Thanks Love so you. much for listening. Bye. Bye.